Hello, team happiness. Today is such a special episode, and you get it here from our team captain, Larie Florence, and one of our major MVPs, Sandy Mariner-Clark. And Sandy is a powerhouse in so many ways, and you're going to get to know her a little better because Larie and her sit down and chat through some major accept and build as she shares some stories from her personal life in overcoming hardship and parenting in unique circumstances and how to help your children thrive, how to help people feel heard and validated who are going through really hard things. This episode is jam-packed with amazing nuggets, and I am so excited for you to get to know my friend Sandy. I've got to say, I've known Sandy for quite some time now and have always been impressed with her ability to accept and build her way through life, look outward, be present, and let go and play. And I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation and have her break down some very powerful concepts. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation. I am privileged to be here today with my good friend, Sandy Mariner-Clark. Tell us a little bit about your family now. I am married to Matt, and we met back in college. We now have three kids. Our oldest is Oliver, and he's about to be 11. And then we have Tony, who's nine, and then Abby, who's six. It's a huge adjustment to become a parent, and you and Matthew had an extra dose of extraordinary when your son Oliver was born. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so Oliver came with a neurogenic defect. It's called spina bifida. Mm-hmm. And so that means that when in utero, his spine didn't close all the way. And so he actually had his spinal cord coming out of his back when he was born. Oh, right. And so then instead of this, this healthy baby boy delivery, mm-hmm. there would have been some um, emergency intervention there. Absolutely. So they immediately took him straight to NICU. And then as soon as they could, life flighted him to the local children's hospital. Mm. So I you know, was on my own at the hospital. My husband was with him. Oh, wow. And then through those first two weeks, he underwent four surgeries. Wow. And so one, the first one to close his back, and then he also has a condition called hydrocephalus, which mm-hmm. comes often with spina bifida. And so that was uh, multiple surgeries to place a shunt and replace a shunt because they often get clogged. Wow. So okay. he had lots of surgeries in the first few weeks of his life. That must have felt very overwhelming. It was. And it was hard because, you know, being a new parent in general, I felt, you know, like a fish out of water. I'm like, oh, no, I don't oh, know wow. what I'm doing. And then to have all these extras, I'm like, oh, I don't know how to be a nurse and a mom wow. all at once. But, um, you know, we learned through that time that that would take it day by day. And it would get easier eventually. Right. So that's that that being present, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you've got surgeries looming and he he will have surgeries in the future, right? This isn't it's not a one and done or a, like you said four, however, however many you'd mentioned. It's not like okay, now we're we're through it. He's going to continue to have have things come up that you'll have to manage. Yes, and unfortunately, it's not the kind of thing you usually plan either. They're usually oh, wow. emergency surgeries. So you really have to be present. How do you not be overwhelmed with concern? I mean, that can, sometimes people 
in our current culture, anxiety is something that's debilitating. And and I know your person. I can vouch for Sandy. She is not an anxious person. You are <laughs> calm as a as a, a summer morn. I'm good at putting that off. I've learned now that I I internalize my anxiety too, and so I have my own outlets. Um, okay. That that deal with it, but. Um, you know, when he was little, it was a lot harder to know when those surgeries were needed. Mm -hmm. And it was very stressful and overwhelming. It was hard to, you know, it was hard to separate who he was as a person and his diagnosis. Uh, as he got older, I realized that we had the opportunity to make choices about how we saw the situation. That sounds like some accept and build. Yeah, exactly. Uh -huh. <laughs> Definitely a lot of that. Wow. But when we could recognize that um, his diagnosis really wasn't who he is, that's mm -hmm. just a part of his life, but it's not defining his personality or all the wonderful things he brings to our life. Um, so when you just say that, well, that's part of his normal, but we also have all this other amazing parts of him yeah. and what he can accomplish. Yeah, I think that we would all be well served if we saw one another that way because everybody has not to compare, but we often have a challenge that um, we have or that another person has that we will define them by, and it's, it's probably a disservice to do that. Matthew shared a story with me about how you both used the principle of accept and build to help Oliver at school when he was tr he was having a harder time connecting with the, the kids because they were being really active on the playground. And tell us a little bit about maybe some of the limitation Oliver struggles or, or has to deal with. Yeah. And then if you could share that story, do you remember which one I'm? Yeah, I okay. So Oliver, um, he is he hides his disability well because he can walk. Mm -hmm. um, and so oftentimes people might not realize that he has these underlying health needs and difficulties, um, but he can't keep up with running really, and sometimes the coordination is really difficult. He also has a lot of bl uh, bladder and bowel needs that we take okay. care of on a daily basis for him. And um, so at school, a lot of his peers are very active, energetic boys right. running around. And, and to them, Oliver looks like he's fine. He's one of them. He just might be a little smaller. Yeah. But they wouldn't understand some of these, these complications that he's dealing with on exactly. a regular basis. Okay. And he's not one to project that or share it. So mm -hmm. he, they definitely wouldn't have any way of knowing. So he was often just sitting out at recess and kind of not having as much fun and not having those uh, social opportunities. Because the others are they're running around, they're playing tag. I think anyone who's been to a public school in, <laughs> what, fourth, fifth grade, they know that, that time, yeah, you're just running. Definitely tag, all the tag. Mm -hmm. And so we finally found out that, you know, we need to find a way for Oliver to have social opportunities with his friends in it that might not involve running. So we came up with a couple solutions. And the first one was, well, if he brings something to school that he can then invite others to interact with him. So maybe a toy of some sort. Mm -hmm. And so at first that was kind of okay, but then eventually we finally realized, well, if we send him to school with a stopwatch, hmm. then he can time his friends running and they all want to play with him because that's wow. cool to get to find out how fast you're going. And so he was able to really engage with his peers and have a good experience at recess. And it was a great way to take the situation that we were handed and find some positivity in it. I just love that. It's just such a classic example of the accept and build. We're, we're going to accept the fact that Oliver can't, can't keep up with the boys who are running. And I think sometimes in our current culture, 
there might be an attitude of, well, it's not fair, so let's not let anyone run so that someone who can't run won't feel bad. And that doesn't fly either because then those people are going to feel limited. And Mm -hmm. instead of going anywhere near any of that, you thought, okay, this is the situation. We can be creative. We can let go and play and find an opportunity for Oliver to invite people. And I just love the build of the stopwatch. These guys (laughs) love to run. Of course they would love to see how fast they can run. And then he became... He became the kid that they're all interested in. They all wanted to go to him. I can just see it you know, mm-hmm. played out in some little short movie clip about how the kids would all come running over. How fast was I this time? <laughs> exactly. That's such a great story. So did he, did he stick with that? How long did that last? Or did that, that help build some other friendships so that then it could evolve into other relations? You know, they could do other activities together? Yeah, as he's gotten, gotten older, he's found other ways he can participate, um, for sure. And so he, he's lucky. He has lots of friends. His, he's most interested in tech. And so he has a great group of friends that in tech crew, and they run all the lights and music and costume and stage managing for the school's plays. And he- 11 and when I set up my microphone he had to come up and see it and he had to show me his little mixer he's it's really cute and I think that's something to remember too this the idea of let go and play sometimes we don't get what we want and we're so disappointed and we can lose sight of the fact that this is a big world so many opportunities and when our heart is broken we need to take that time and, and be present with that the emotion and process it but then move on let go and keep playing because there's going to be something i mean his his handicap won't affect that in any way and so he'll be able to participate fully in that versus you know if he's got his heart set on being a a track star that that might be harder (laughs) that would be a lot more difficult is there something that you would like those of us who have not had responsibility for someone who has special needs to know or better understand um i think it's good to know that most people who are hard, fighting a hard battle are pretty good at hiding it, I think. Hmm. And they will often, um, you know, just not open up all the time. So it's, it's good to be uh, mindful and kind to others and also to give them opportunities to share in a safe space, right? Um, yeah, I think that's so true about hiding that, that hard battle. and. I know I lost my mom young. I was 21, and it was it was very hard for quite a few years where things would trigger it, and I would get teary-eyed. And I didn't want to be somebody who was who was crying at the party, or um, you know went went over to someone's house and they had a picture up with with their mom and their grandkids or something, and it would it would trigger something. So you you try not to let that out um, because you you don't want to hurt other people's feelings, and you also just don't want to have that experience maybe in that moment and so it's not that I didn't want people to know that I had that burden it's not that I didn't want people to know that I that I missed her or that it was a hard thing I was going through and so it can be tricky because I think uh, you've been really open with me as we've had conversation but I think I've had to be present about noticing what's a good time to talk about such things and so I, I think we don't have to avoid talking with people but if we're if we're present and we're we're accepting, and they know that we're going to be um, we're going to be aware, and we're going to try to build our relationship. I think it will it will help have communication about it so that you don't want to talk about it all the time. It's not your entire life, right. but there are times I'm sure that you just 
want to have somebody understand. <laughs> well, and also just share the successes, to share these stories of the stopwatch yeah. and those times when, oh, this really doesn't have to limit him. Yeah, because all of our successes might look a little different than what other people might gauge them as, right? Um, right. If, like a lot of, I'm, I'm sure he has a lot of peers that are just super into sports. Right. And so, you know, if, if that's, your kid is sports and that's what you talk about, you might neglect learning about some of the wonderful triumphs that your family has had if you don't, you know, pay attention, if you're not really present or thinking about that to ask maybe different questions. Yeah. I also think um, working to build those relationships of trust, right? Mm-hmm. And... I think that just comes from being present when you're listening mm-hmm. and when you're in those conversations. And that allows people to feel safe and heard. Yeah. I think feeling unheard is a super invalidating thing. I don't fully understand it, but it's it's like punishment. Remember, don't you're ignoring me. Well, why, is that a physical harm? But it really is this terrible consequence if you get ignored by someone. And so... If you are offering to share something that you don't feel the other person fully heard or understood and it's a very real thing for you, it can be very invalidating. I think that's another reason why we might hide sometimes. We don't want to, to feel invalidated. We want to risk that invalidation. Yeah, <laughs> that they, they aren't going to get it. or So sometimes um, it can feel invalidating. We might not feel heard if someone says, oh, oh, I, I know I've got a hard thing in my life too. And, and that might be true and there might be time to share those things, but Initially, like you were saying, listen and make sure that that person feels heard and then you're going to be able to get more I think the hardest comments I've ever received are the ones that are similar to that, where it's like, oh, well, my friend has this going on. It's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That does sound awful. I'm really right. sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but and, at the same time, and, and the saddest thing about that, I would I would venture that most of the time. There's always that I'm going to one-up you kind of energy that sometimes people mistakenly believe is going to help them find happiness. But I think most of the times we might offer those things in an effort to try to build a bridge. Right, and to try to build maybe gratitude. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, and, and community. Oh, I'm in there with you because I've experienced this or I know somebody who has. But what we really need to build those relationships is to listen and, and for the person to feel heard. So, that's awesome. So life lessons that you've learned, so as we're wrapping it up, anything that that you wanna share that is like, oh wow, I would have never learned this if I hadn't had this opportunity to care for Oliver. So uh, when he was little, I had to go through that grieving process we talked about where Mm -hmm. I had to grieve what I was letting go of. Sure, you you would have had expectations? I did, about, you know, I at the time when he was very little, I didn't know if he would ever walk. Wow. And so I wasn't sure that we, ever get some of these experiences that we have gotten which we've been really lucky to have. right right and it makes us very grateful for them right. but um i saw when I, when I grieved those experiences i also i i'm going to talk about some prayer i prayed to know like why was i given this situation mm-hmm. right and i recognized for me personally that i needed to learn greater empathy and i do think that's been a wonderful opportunity for me to be able to be a better listener to others and to try to understand some of the struggles they're going through and i'm gonna guess you talked about how people will hide things i i bet you're a pretty good person to to notice that now too when when people are carrying burdens that maybe they they don't want to parade around in front of people but you might have a, a sixth sense about that. I try to ask about uh, 
in appropriate ways, right? Mm -hmm. To um, make sure people know that I'm a safe person to listen to, hope, or that safe person to listen to them and their stories. That's that is awesome. What a service! I think sometimes we think of service as can I mow your lawn, can I move some furniture, and and I think some of the most valuable service we can give is empathy, and and that sense of validation. Um, do you want to role play just a tiny bit of how would you ask? Like if you, if I was someone, maybe at, you ch at church that you noticed or somebody that was at school or maybe a, a parent of one of, the, of your students and you had that little inkling that I think they're carrying something heavy, what, what might you say if you were to approach them? Oh, that's hard. Um, probably draw on some shared experience first. Mm -hmm. So, hey, I noticed that you seem a little sad today. Is there something going on you want to talk about? And we also ask our kids every night what was something really great in the day and what was something that you would change uh -huh. in the day. Because then that gives them an opportunity to share the hard things right. in a way that they're like, well, this happened and I didn't really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And we can talk about it that way. Yeah, and something, something in that, if you're doing it on a regular basis, that, that implies that there's a relationship. So then they might not have something bad every night, but then they know if I do have something bad, I have a place I can go to. Yeah. And, and I think that's really true, especially if it's some, um, your examples were more with, with students and your children, but if, if you have a peer that you might think something's not quite right or you, you, you sense something's hard for them, and they might not open up the first time you ask, but if you're consistent and you're genuine, then they'll know when they want to open up that you are a safe place. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be this formula but I think it's the intent. My husband's also had some recent surgeries that were difficult and with long recoveries. And it was hard for him when people would ask him, hey, how's it going? In a very casual, quick pace. When someone would instead very sincerely just say, hey, how's it going? And give them their full attention, then he had an opportunity to actually share more about what the struggles were. But if it's just a, hey, how's it going? Then it, you can't yeah. just be like, I'm actually really in a lot of pain right now. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so true. And, and I think we give people grace because that, hey, how are you? It's, it's, it really kind of translates into, hello, I'm saying hi. Yes. And then there's the sincere, I'm, in, I'm interested and I'm, I'm available. I want to know. Tell me what's going on with you. And so that's about being present with that person, right? Yes. And, and I think it's okay to, to be the casual, hey, how are you? Friendly. But... If you do make that offer and someone doesn't want to share, then you've got to be there with them. I think if you don't have time for the good listening, then mm -hmm. a great response instead of, hey, how are you, is, hey, it's so good to see you. Oh, that's I love really that. what you're trying to say. Exactly, you're yeah. You're trying to say, oh, it makes me happy to see you. Yes. And then you, you're not, if you don't have time to really give them the full attention, then it's at least acknowledging that you're happy to see you. Okay, them. say that one more time. So good to see you. Is that what Yeah, I mean? hello, it's so good to see you. It makes me happy to see you today. <laughs> and that's really the time that you have, and that's really the intent. It, it's, it, it really is you're being more present yeah. with your actual intent, right? You're acknowledging them. You want to greet them. You really don't want to have to sit down. You really don't want to find out everything that's going on because you're, you're at the store, you're busy, or you're in the middle of something else, but you know, you want to acknowledge them. Yeah, and at I the like store, you're not, it's not time to have a great conversation. Right, with, but. <laughs> right, yeah, it's, I think it's a matter of semantics. It's, it's good just to be aware of those things. Yeah. All really great thoughts. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I know these were some personal things, but I feel like it's valuable for those who haven't had experiences with some of those kinds of hardships to gather 
some empathy and understanding. So I appreciate you being willing to be open and share. Yeah, well, and I know I still have a long road to go myself in really practicing and learning more about empathy, but as we work on these principles, you know, that's just looking outward. It's an opportunity yeah. to really help and build others around you. Yeah, definitely. And they're just, they're, they're, it's a practice. That's why we call it the happiness playbook. And we're happiness coaches. We help you practice. And these principles, I'm sure as we go through them, you know, you have to be present so that you can ask what's needed. If you're not present, you have got to let go and things don't go your way. You accept what has come your way and you try to build on it and I'm sure you did that over and over in, in myriads of ways as you've navigated these challenges and I've I've noticed I've watched your example you've always been I know it hasn't been easy but you've always been radiant and kind and generous and you're I'm, I'm here in your home with you talking and your boys are just delightful they both came up and greeted me and you're doing wonderful things Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're going to sign off. Thanks again, Sandy, for visiting. And uh, we will talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Oh, my goodness. Team Happiness, that was amazing. I hope you were paying attention and taking notes. Sandy, you are amazing. We love you. Thank you for being on Team Happiness and for getting vulnerable and sharing such powerful plays with us. The play of the week, as we heard in the conversation, is if you don't have time to really be present with somebody, instead of how are you or how are you doing, simply say, it's so great to see you. This is a great way to authentically connect with someone without opening the door for a conversation you are not ready to have. And especially for people who are going through some hard stuff, when you say, how are you doing, that can open up a, a, a very good conversation. But if you're not ready for it, then it's really important that we are not setting up these painful scenarios for people who are going through some hardships. That is the play for the week. Uh, what a great conversation. Sandy, we love you. Thanks again for coming on. And we hope to hear from you in the future. Accept and build on the hardship that's coming your way and get creative in those solutions to help others flourish. Make sure you're really present there for people who might be going through hard times and always be present with your kids and make sure that you are doing everything in your power to help them thrive the best way you can. And as always, remember that happiness is a skill and life is a team sport and we are so glad to have you on the team. Catch you next week.